Hi everyone, welcome to episode 16 of Did That Make Air, or as is probably appropriate for today, Did We Make Air? I'm Brian Wilmer, joined by Ed Barnes, and uh, let's just say technical issues abound. I think that's probably fair to say. We don't need to go into any more detail. We'll just say that there have been technical issues all damn day in trying to do this this program. Yeah, and I've felt very bad for you, Brian, as you've been spending a lot of time trying to get this all going here, and it just has not cooperated so far. So hopefully this all works out and we can at least get the uh, the new podcast out to you for Did That Make Air, as we've got so much to cover. I mean, so many things have happened that we've wanted to discuss on this show since we were last on a few weeks ago, and we really, I mean, why why can't these technical difficulties come up on a day where we have nothing to talk about and we need an excuse to, to not do the show? Yeah, exactly. There have been times where we have just been scrambling for anything to talk about, and that's mostly been on the sports side, uh, not necessarily on this side. But, you know, we come back from a three-week broadcast hiatus. We have all these stories lined up, and, of course, the uh, the broadcast machine doesn't want to fire up. But anyway, if you want to contact us, assuming that that works, you can do that <laughs> dtmapodcast at gmail.com. Again, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. Also, at Did That Make Air on Twitter, we would love to hear from you, and uh, hopefully you'll finance a new machine for me or something. That's a lot to ask of our listeners. So, I was just going to say that if you happen to work for any company that – Sells any of the gear we might be using in order to put this podcast together, you know, maybe you can hook a brother up. <laughs> Just, you know, then, then we, we would be able to make air. Yeah, but exactly. A, we could take the question mark off the end of the program. <laughs> <laughs> See, we, we don't endorse any products on this program unless we're, you know, paid handsomely to do so. And in that case, we'll be more than happy to endorse any product on the show as long as, you know, it's within limits. Right. If, if we are going to endorse it, though, I think we've all learned – thanks to Michael Bay's speech for Samsung, that if the prompter is not working, or in this case, if we don't have proper copy, we're not going to know what to say, and we're probably just going to stop talking and probably end the show. Yeah, as I was saying earlier, and I, I don't know whether you've seen the kind of movie within a movie on uh, the first Anchorman. It was called Wake Up Ron Burgundy, and it, they took all of the deleted scenes and throwaway plot and everything from the first Anchorman and put it together into another movie. And uh, there's a scene in there where Ron Burgundy has to do a newscast, and I use that term loosely, without a prompter. And he just sits there and makes all these random noises and just kind of waves his hands around. And I kind of felt like that's what Michael Michael Bay was doing. Well, I remember the SNL sketch, I think it was Good Morning Phoenix, or I think it was Sherry O'Terry and David Allen Greer or something like that, where they were the hosts. <laughs> Remember that, where the prompter went down? And yeah. They, were, they had, like, ripped each other's clothes and just knocked over all the tables and chairs. <laughs> Please, the prompter! I don't know what we're supposed to talk about! Exactly. I mean, uh, we felt like that on this show um, for some of the shows that we've, we've been referencing where we haven't had a lot going on, where it's like, hey, how about that weather, huh? Yeah. Can you imagine if we had a TPT on this program? No. <laughs> the prompter operator would hate us so much. No, can you go back? Can you go back up a couple? I kind of forgot because we just spent five minutes talking about, you know, uh, a cat that was left outside in a suitcase or something. Uh, yeah, speaking of which, we should probably talk about the cat story where the cat was left out in a suitcase 
we've already talked about this twice, and you've not heard it, so we'll talk about it a third time so that everybody can actually hear what the hell we're talking about. It's all very cut and dried, people. If you decide to get yourself an animal, you're making a commitment to give that animal a home for its life, all right? And if you're going to not be providing its home anymore, you need to make arrangements to where it is going to have shelter. I feel like that is pretty much understood by the majority of people that decide to take on pets. However, uh, apparently that was not understood by someone in Brooklyn, um, as a person in Brooklyn posted on Craigslist, some a-hole moved out of my complex and left their cat to die. And it shows a cat sitting inside of a suitcase with a blanket inside of it, a couple cans of wet food outside of it. And the person said, look, this is a very sweet cat. When the blizzard came, someone left it outside to die. And I contacted shelters that all said they would euthanize the cat within 72 hours. So I'm trying to find a home for it. And that's a great thing that this person's doing. And I'm glad that it's gotten some momentum. I mean, I saw it on Twitter uh, from a baseball writer of all people. So obviously it's getting some traction and hopefully this cat will find a home. But you're a really bad person, whoever did that. You're just a really bad person. Yeah, I felt terrible seeing this because, as uh, as we've mentioned several times already, uh, on the sports side, if you look at our site at sportsmatters.info, you'll see the list of charities there. And a number of these charities that we support involve rescue pets and, you know, animal safety and those kinds of things. So to see something like this where a cat gets left in a suitcase I just I'm I'm torn between sadness and anger. I would like to find the person who left the thing there and um, you know go Magnolia fan on them. I w- I would like to adopt the cat. Unfortunately, I don't have the means to do that. But this is another thing to all of you out there. I know I know that we have animal lovers who listen to the program. I know that we have people with a, a menagerie of pets in their home. If for any reason you are unable to care for that pet if, uh, you know, you move or something like that. There are no-kill shelters. There are foster families. There are all different kinds of organizations that can help you. Do not, under any circumstance, ever leave a pet just sitting there to fend for itself. It's the same thing. You wouldn't leave a, a kid sitting there in a lobby to fend for itself. Why would you treat a pet any differently than you would treat a child? I'm not really sure. Um I don't know why people seem to think that pets are just easily cast aside, and uh, it, it is something that makes me pretty angry. And and you're right. I mean, we definitely support all the work that these these, these shelters are doing. It's it's you know, with all the the ways that we see animals mistreated, it's 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 great work that they're doing. But and you mentioned t- things we've talked about before. I've mentioned this a couple times, but I still feel strongly enough about it that I'm going to mention it again. That. I really wish you'd change your advertising because not many things actively will make me want to change the channel, especially when I've had a few drinks and I'm trying to watch cartoons like South Park. <laughs> but with with one of the Sarah McLachlan ASPCA commercials comes on, I will change the channel. And look, I, you've tugged at my heartstrings with one or five animal photos but when you're, you know, making what seems to be a, you know, documentary that is crammed into a commercial break about the plight of abandoned animals, um, you're going too far. And I don't, I don't know if you're really helping the cause by doing it either, because I don't know anyone who sees those and thinks, oh, man, you know what? I'm really glad I saw that. Yeah, nobody wants to see a shivering kitten in a cage. And then, you know, all of a sudden they think to themselves, well, hey. 
you know, that's just too bad for that animal. They'll find it a home. Your first thought is, I want to give that thing a home and get it the hell out of these miserable situations. Right. Um, and then the flip side of it is, well, but I've already got two cats and, um, you know, don't really need two to become four or seven <laughs> or ten and then become the wacky cat person in the neighborhood. So it's just – it's still a question of personal responsibility that a lot of people – seem to just be very conveniently ignoring. And don't we talk about personal responsibility enough on this program already? We do. So <laughs> somehow we've managed to circle that back to personal responsibility. So, you know, I don't know if I win an extra point or it's like, do I get a, like a free square on my bingo card this week for the show or something? Well, imagine if, imagine if we did show bingo, by the way. Oh, God. That's, that's an idea. <laughs> One of these days... And, you know, maybe for those of you who are regular listeners to the program, and I noticed, by the way, over the holiday, we picked up a few more Twitter followers. So hello to all of you, and and thank you for joining us. But maybe some of our enterprising listeners, maybe uh, our dearest Gretchen, who's a a friend of the program and listens to us, maybe she can come up with a show bingo card one of these days, and and we'll uh, we'll do that on the program. Because I can tell you, I know that these are easy to make. You can make custom bingo cards very quickly and very easily for free. (laughs) <laughs> I can just imagine, like, you know, in one corner, Buddy Lee Phillips is something racist, and another corner, you know, something about uh, Flora Derp or something like, you know, all, all these different things that you could come up with a, a complete bingo card from. We need to do that. Ed talks about his Prius. Yeah, probably. <laughs> something terrible like that. Brian gives him a hard time about the detox he's on. Uh, well, so- I, I haven't had a chance to do that yet, so since you brought that on yourself, uh, somebody <laughs> – is on a uh, on a cleanse because apparently they want to be like the uh, the girls from Clueless. So I'll let you explain what it is that you're doing. Want to be like the girls from Clueless? Yes, they they did that stuff like the you know Alicia Silverstone and Stacey Dash and Clueless. They did cleanses. Did they really? I think so. Gosh, you know, I, I didn't even know that cleanses existed back when Clueless came out. I thought this was all a newer phenomenon. But uh, the, the whole reasoning, and don't worry, I know that Brian's jokes are still coming later, even if I try to explain myself. <laughs> this is now the second year that I have done this with my uh, my now fiancé, and uh, it's, it's a two-week uh, cleanse. And the whole idea be, you know, basically being that the first week is – you know, it, your body's kind of clearing some things out, and then the second week it can really, like, get into your your body at a cellular level and kind of make sure that all the bad stuff is really out and the good things are in. And if you think about the things that we put in our bodies and the amount of processed food we're eating and meat and all of those things, I am not that person that is going to be going vegan anytime soon, all right? I am not trying to push that on anyone else. This is just simply my acknowledgement that, you know, I, I like to party a little bit, like throw back some drinks, you know, like to eat my red meat, and I like to do that without really thinking too much about it. So I'm willing to sacrifice a couple weeks a year to kind of reset the system a little bit, and that way I feel a lot better as I'm enjoying things and a little bit of excess as I tend to do the rest of the year. As annoying as it might be to not be able to eat what I normally want to eat or what I would consider, you know, good food in some cases. I mean, you can you can find good things to eat on this, but at the same time, you, know, you can't have cheese, you can't have dairy, you can't have red meat, you can't have alcohol, you can't have all these other things that are in my diet a great deal. So it's basically me saying I'm willing to trade a couple weeks in order to reset the body so I can handle stuff better for the rest of the year, and I know that I do feel better at the end of it. 
So let me just go ahead and and, uh, and ask this question. Hmm. Uh, are you going to be the guy who gets thrown out of TCBY because they don't have kale available as one of their yogurt flavors? <laughs> no. No, because you can't have that while you're at this thing. Wait a minute. You can't have kale on your on – your, uh... <laughs> You can't have yogurt. Oh, well, I mean, they could always have sorbet or whatever. Uh, well, then that would have sugar in it, which you can't have either. Can't have artificial sugars. Good grief. <laughs> no, it, it, it is very restrictive. It is very restrictive. Why don't you just go back to drinking Drano like everybody else who did cleanses in the 70s? Yeah, you know, I don't know how that would work. I haven't tried it. I don't know <laughs> if the foaming Drano would provide better, like, relief and clear all the stuff out of my intestines better than, like, a – I don't know if I need to get the snake. Yeah, the pipe snake. Snake it down my throat in order to get stuff out. I don't know. Maybe that's a good – I'll look into it. I'm not what, sure if the chemicals would really be that good for me. But. Whatever happened to the uh, the cayenne pepper and honey and whatever it is cleanse? Why, why, didn't, why didn't you take that one up? I actually know exactly what that is. That's called the master's cleanse. You're talking about the lemons and cayenne pepper and honey. Yeah, I'm very afraid that you all of a sudden knew that. I've, I, I, I've been – someone pitched that to me, and I'm like, uh, no, you know what? I'd rather do something where I can eat real food, thanks. Um, I don't know about living on nothing but lemonade for a week, <laughs> so I'm going to pass on that. But It's like going back to college. <laughs> I was going to say that's living on whatever, like, cereal is available in the dorm cafeteria probably. <laughs> you have Cap'n Crunch? No? Okay. Well, Fruit Loops then. Uh, but, yeah, it's – I understand that it's, you know, wacky concept, a little out there and all, but at the same time, I, I do have to, you know, mention that as I did this last year, um, by the second week, I really did feel better. I slept better. Mentally, I felt sharper. Uh, I felt less pain. And for someone who's had three shoulder surgeries, pain's just kind of part of life. Um, I mean, you you have not had the same uh, surgical procedures on your shoulders as me, but just by doing things like sitting in front of a computer for several hours, you feel like, you know, an achy neck or something like that. A lot of those little aches and pains went away as this was going on. Um, so while I could, you know, mention those benefits, I am still very upfront about the fact that I am looking forward to the end of it so I can retox. <laughs> yeah, you see – the thing is, though, you can retox at the end of this, but you still cannot get rid of your Prius at the end of this. Well, that's true. That's true. I'm kind of locked in on that one. I can't just leave it on the side of the road in a suitcase <laughs> hoping that someone takes it away for me. No, you know, a lot of people, you know, you and, and other people give me a hard time about the Prius. But look, this is purely a financial decision, Okay. I just would rather get something closer to 45 miles a gallon than 25 miles a gallon. See, I saw some poor, miserable bastard the other day on the interstate here in South Carolina. And it, for those of you who have met me in uh, in real life, you know I'm a relatively tall person. I'm, I'm uh, you are. You know, I'm, I'm the. Uh, I, I think I'm pushing six five. Last time I was measured, but I saw some poor guy who was driving home from work. Basically, his knees to his chest in a Prius had the most miserable look on his face. But he's like, you know what? I'm I'm in here like a damn pretzel, but I'm saving two fifty on gas. I am the man. <laughs> I'm just like, I feel so bad for you. Can't you find anything that you actually fit in that will let you save gas? 
I would think that you could. Um, you know, I didn't really know that that was such a problem. I'm, I fit just fine in that car. I, you know, I really don't mind driving it. I, I, it. It's got no guts, you know. I mean, I rented a freaking Chevy Cruze while I was working a game in San Francisco this past weekend, and I felt like I was driving a freaking Ferrari by comparison. But, <laughs> you know, it, it – it's fine for me. I, it's, I don't, cars have not ever really been a huge point of emphasis in my life. I am not that guy that's fixing up cars. I, mean, I can change my own oil, and that's about it. And even on these cars today, most of them are just like, just, just take it somewhere, please. We don't, don't even try. <laughs> but the point is, my car is not really my priority. So my priority about my car became saving money with what I'm driving. You know, you mentioned the Chevy Cruze. I, I can imagine that that would have sold a lot better if they had just gotten Florida Georgia Line involved with that. Mm, yeah, I, I'm surprised that it doesn't automatically, when you just start the car, that song just starts playing. And, <laughs> and, and then a noose drops from the ceiling of the car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's hilariously messed up. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> is, is that the Harold and Maude version of that car? By the, that by the way... I, I posted a video on on Facebook, I think it was yesterday, uh, of some super cut that a guy had come up with about uh, why country music was awful in 2013 or something like that. And it, and it had all these different things of people saying the same thing in every song that ever came out last year. And Florida Georgia Line is in, like, probably six or seven of the different clips of the super cut just, you know, showing why country sucks. So uh, congratulations to you for that. You made it into a 351, I think, super cut showing why your genre of music is terrible. You know, I saw that you posted it. I didn't get a chance to look at it yet. Now I'm going to have to. Uh, yes, it is definitely hilarious. It is worth your time. So. so you've been telling me that the genre has been terrible for quite some time now, and just thinking, look, I'd rather go back and listen to either Hank Williams. <laughs> there is, uh, there's nothing wrong with Whiskey Benton Hellbound, even though it'll drink. But, you know, Hank Williams, I mean, senior I'm talking about, Right. That's awesome music. True. And Very I'm true. not even a big fan of country music, but that's great music. Those are great songs. And then you have uh, whatever Drek Tim McGraw is producing these days. You know, I, I, I have a subscription to Guitar World magazine, as I figured paying $7 an issue whenever I fly versus paying $20 for two years of issues would probably, you know, which one seems like a better <laughs> deal to you, Brian? So um, ever since I had moved, after a couple months, I realized, all right, you know, I still have not gotten any issues yet. Um, I know I moved. I know that there's forwarding. I know that they take a while to change your address in their system, yada, yada. What's going on here? So I waited, and I got lost in some other stuff. And next thing you knew, it was the holidays. And, and it had been about four months or so since I had gotten a new issue of Guitar World. And I emailed them the other day saying, look, you know, I haven't gotten any issues for a while. Um, I just would like to get what I'm paying for. Thanks. And they wrote me back, what was the last issue you received? And I looked back and realized that the last issue I got was one featuring Brad Paisley. And I was like, <laughs> look, that was enough reason for me to just cancel the subscription. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to try to sell you a uh, subscription to their sister magazine, Autotune World. Oh, yeah, T-Pain and T-Pain. And we've got <laughs> T-Pain with his new song, and then T-Pain with another new song, and then T-Pain's t- trips, tri- 
tricks, trips, trips. whatever. <laughs> yeah, he trips out, whatever he has to actually sing, whatever I'm trying to say, Brian, I don't know. <laughs> Special guest contributions from Jamie Foxx. Right. Kanye West will be into this magazine for about three <laughs> issues, and then we'll move out of this magazine's interest uh, area. Um, well, uh, there was a story that came in right after we went on vacation, and I was trying to get to this earlier, but I'll I'll get to it again because maybe somebody might actually hear it this time. Uh, Dateline Elk City, Oklahoma. Talk about a marriage proposal to remember. An Oklahoma man proposed to his girlfriend while an officer tried to arrest him on two outstanding warrants. And that's, you know, that's just such a bold move by him because, you know, you think that that would be a killer when it comes to setting the mood, the fact that you're getting arrested. But I really applaud his, uh, I guess, uh, tenacity, if you want to use that word, of trying to get this done. I mean, you know, come on. The guy's trying to slap – well, it probably had cuffs on him. And he still um, he still managed to get the marriage proposal out there and got it accepted. So, I mean, that's um, that's that's pretty impressive. Would you call that stick to itiveness? Uh, I'm sure some football analysts would. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that there's some people on the television would absolutely call it that. Uh, the uh, the details about this, an officer spotted Justin Harrell of Elk City in a local park and discovered that he had outstanding warrants from two mm. counties for obtaining cash or merchandise by bogus check, according to court documents. Was it, was one of those things that he was trying to buy with a fake check her ring? That just you came know, to me. Yeah, that's a great question. That would be straight out of the Andre Risen school of check bouncing. <laughs> um, and then his fiance would burn his house down after after well, she found out. Hey, you know, I'd be pretty upset too if I dribbled a check to buy her an engagement ring. <laughs> Should have bought her an eye instead of an engagement ring. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, sorry, did I say that? <laughs> you did. Wow. So, sorry, she's she's gone. Rest in peace. That's yes. uh, that's terrible of me to say. I, I, I immediately take that back. I'll uh, edit that part out <laughs> if, it, if it records in the first place. <laughs> Police say uh, Harold resisted arrest at first. Quote, I advised Justin that he was under arrest and directed him to turn around and place his hands behind his back, the officer wrote in his police report. Justin said, Steve, let's talk about this. Give me five minutes, unquote. Now, I have to ask like I did before, what's the worst thing out of this? Is it that he addressed the officer by name, by first name, or that he asked for five minutes to just, you know, bust off his proposal before he went off to uh, involuntarily cheat on his woman. I'm still going with the latter. <laughs> um, the former, though, it really makes me wonder, though, if this is something where had they met before? Uh, was it his criminal dealings that would cause him to know this first name? Uh, is it some sort of weird movie scenario where you have to uh, arrest your friend? You know, I, I am curious to know the reason behind it, but still asking for five minutes. Excuse me, officer. Or I'm sorry. Excuse me, Steve. Because he used his first name. Can I just have five minutes so I can propose to this beautiful lady over here, um, you know, and ask for her hand in marriage? See, uh, that's take that that's taking the prize for me. If it were 2003, you would expect him to turn to the officer and say, actually, she's the one who should be under arrest for stealing my heart. And then Ashton Kutcher jumps out from behind a van and tells you you've been punked. God. I, I don't ever want to see Ashton Kutcher jumping out from behind a van. <laughs> uh, 
Isn't that how he got to meet Moore in the first place? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> he he don't walked know. he walked into the old country buffet at five o'clock and took her by by surprise. Yeah, I, you know, that's a good question. I'm not really sure how that all went down, but um, yeah, it didn't didn't quite work out. Um, apparently, he got he got a little sick of uh, Demi and decided, you know, I'm going to go down to the Hard Rock San Diego and meet some <laughs> random blonde girls. So <laughs> if he had stayed with her, it's like, so, Dad, how did you meet Mom? Well, she bent over on the shuffleboard court, and I knew I had to have her. <laughs> oh, God. Shuffleboard. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the story. Uh, when the officer took him into custody, Harold explained that he was about to propose to his girlfriend. He asked if he could go ahead with the proposal. The officer allowed Harold to complete the marriage proposal, and Harold's girlfriend eventually said yes, eventually being the key word there. Right. Uh, Harold then asked the officer to get the engagement ring from his coat pocket and give it to her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to tie up right now. Uh, a little help. No pun intended when I say this, but um, look, you don't want you don't want your woman lacking conviction with her answer to your marriage proposal. Yeah, no, not really. Okay, that's something that you really want her to be sure of. You would like a quick yes, a no hesitation yes. <laughs> um, and and really, it kind of boggles my mind that people are actually proposing marriage where they don't know what the answer is. Uh, yeah, that's kind of putting yourself out there. It's like, well, uh, maybe she'll say yes, maybe. I mean, when when – I proposed about a month ago now. It's actually a month ago today uh, that I got engaged. And Aww. when I – yeah, it's, it's very cute. Um, we're just going to get so nostalgic on this show, and then we're going to open a carton of ice cream and, you know, eat it in our jammies. Well, I can't, though, because I'm on a detox. So <laughs> the the thing is, though, is it was a month ago today that I got engaged, and it was one of those those days where I was nervous – Mainly because I wanted to be able to get out everything I wanted to say the way I planned it. I wasn't nervous that she was going to say no. All right? That was not part of the equation at all. I was more nervous about being able to say what I wanted to say, and I was nervous that everything I had planned for the day was in place. That was what I was more nervous about. What you could do is you could do like a lot of newscasts these days and just put your script on a tablet and just sit there and read off of it. I didn't think that that was really going to set the mood very well. <laughs> oh, uh, I have to ask you, too, since you mentioned the whole cleanse thing. So uh, what exactly do you shame eat while you repeatedly watch He's Just Not That Into You? <laughs> that's, that's funny. Uh, that's the thing is shame eating on this is really difficult. <laughs> like, really difficult. Um uh, part of it is how strict you want to be. Uh, my fiance is much more strict than I am about it, um, in that she's eating, you know, less fruit, more vegetables. Like that—that's even less sugar going into the body, and all of that type of thing. But I mean, there's really not much out there for you to go crazy on. Um, I remember my my guilty pleasure when I did the thing last year was quinoa pasta. (laughs) (laughs) 
See, I can point see and you. laugh, everybody. Point and laugh. I can see you sitting there now, just like <laughs> sobbing through your tears, gnawing on a head of lettuce as you, as you say, "I know exactly how you feel." While you watch one of those movies, I can just totally see that happening now. Yeah, uh, I've been recently informed, uh, a.k.a. a few hours ago before we started the show, that um, at some point this week she would really like to watch The Hunger Games. So I don't know if that movie's going to qualify for me to sob through, but, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I should probably point out the irony in watching The Hunger Games during a week where you're detoxing. Yes, I know. The... Uh, All's well that ends well with our uh, our buddy in Oklahoma. The officer handed the ring to the girlfriend, and Harold was not filed for resisting an officer. Well, I mean, that's – wait, resisting an officer? <laughs> yeah, he would have been charged with resisting an officer. Oh, all right. I, I thought it was resisting arrest. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> resisting <Matters>. officer, <laughs> that's, that's like a whole other thing. Hey, baby, I'm an officer. <laughs> what? I'm charging you. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> a Technotronic song starts up, and the uh, the the tearaway pants come off. Is that how that works? I, you know, <laughs> it's reached the point where I've gone past pumped up by and far into concerned when I hear a Technotronic song. <laughs> I, I'm more concerned that they're still using a CD player for whatever arena I'm at where I hear said Technotronic song. Um. We really need to get the Jock Jam CD collection out of arenas, okay? It's it's not it's not even nostalgic anymore. It's just annoying. We've got to be able to find some new songs. The worst one is the Jock Jam's mega mix where you can actually hear Dan Patrick still talking in the middle of that thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> too bad that they couldn't have all kinds of random ESPN people because didn't ESPN you know put put that out? Uh, yes, they did. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this the other day, and this is not ESPN, but I was thinking um, they were talking about MTV on Sirius XM and, you know, how it's kind of become a, life, a lifestyle channel or whatever is the way they described it. But there was a song that came out uh, like 22 years ago now, I guess, or 21 years ago, where it was right around the time when OPP came out and they had a song called Down With MTV and they had like various appearances from different MTV personalities at the time. And, you know, you would hear like Martha Quinn's name being dropped into a rap song or whatever. And it's the most surreal thing ever. I still have the thing around somewhere, but I can totally picture, you know, (laughs) playing jock jams or something like that and having maybe, you know, Brett Haber or, uh, how did you say of all the people, that was the (laughs) random sports center anchor. I was going to (laughs) drop. Hi, I'm Kerry Ross. Uh, (laughs) Of all the people, Brett Haber, Kindred spirits, man. Telling you. See that coming. <laughs> speaking, speaking of not seeing it coming, and, and how's this for a restaurant quality segue? Ooh. A uh, a homeless Florida man was caught on camera trying to trade a trade a live alligator for beer. Officials said. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Fernando Aguilera, 64, allegedly walked into the Santa Ana Market in Miami and tried to trade a live alligator for a 12 pack of beer. Uh, surveillance footage shows the tattooed man dumping the deadly four-foot-long alligator on the counter and trying to trade it for a 12-pack, officials said. Uh, Aguilera was cited for allegedly capturing the wild creature and trying to trade it. He then tried to barter with other customers 
After refusing the man's offer, store staff called the authorities. <laughs> now, what I love about this is that he just dumped it on the counter. <laughs> Pick, picked up Gator, drop on counter. Excuse me, I would like to exchange this for a 12-pack of beer. <laughs> no? Oh, hello, other people in the store. Would you buy me a 12-pack of beer if I give you this? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> the uh, the quote that goes with this, too, is just beautiful. Quote, this is absolutely bizarre, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission spokesman Jorge Pino told WTBJ Television, I can't imagine somebody wanting to barter a live four-foot alligator for a 12-pack of beer. It makes no sense to me, unquote. All right. I just want to make sure that we go over that in case anyone has realized what just happened. <laughs> you had someone in the state of Florida talking about just how crazy this was. All right? Now, that has to vault it into one of the craziest things that you're going to find in the country by default, right? <laughs> Easily. If somebody who's around stupid things every day is astonished by the level of stupidity, uh, that takes it to a whole other level. That's really the best thing that I can – best way I can sum up this story. It's it's so dumb that it's even dumb for Florida. <laughs> Imagine if we ever taped one of these in Florida. You think we'd be well-received? <laughs> Probably not. We'd be ushered <laughs> out. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I bet a lot of people from Florida follow the Florida man on Twitter. By the way, uh, I was sent something right after we went on vacation. The 40 most insane things that happened this year in Florida, this year being last year. Hmm. If we had more time, I would go through them. Maybe we will have more time. We'll see. But that's that's pretty special, though. In, in order to have a, an actual person who goes around and sees wacky things say, this is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. That's actually it's impressive. <laughs> it is. Uh, Dateline Chester, England. We've never done a uh, a wacky England story, at least not not many. No, not not for a while. Actually, we did have one before, and I'm going to remind you of it real quick. It was when the Newcastle United supporter decided to punch a police horse. Oh, right, right. I had forgotten about that one. <laughs> uh, Dateline Chester, England, my homeland, at least partially. Uh, a man is accused of masturbating while driving his Ford Escort naked along a busy freeway. Look, you, uh, Brian. I want to make sure that <laughs> I want to make sure that you get credit for this because you said this right away, and it was completely on point. If you're jacking it in a Ford Escort, what like what happened to your life? Where did it all go wrong? Why is Tom Rinaldi not doing a story on you at this point? I mean, <laughs> it's not good. That that's a really bad thing to say. We need the guy from behind the music to come over and do a voiceover for this. And then <laughs> he was found jacking it in a Ford Escort. Right. That's when everything went wrong. <laughs> That's when everything went wrong? <laughs> I think something might have gone wrong beforehand, and then that was just the way that it came out. <laughs> oh, came out? I see what you did there. No, oh, man, <laughs> I, I'm making all kinds of unintentional puns so far. Uh, Neil Marshall, 49, was arrested after a truck driver took his license plate number and called police, informing them that the driver was by himself as he pleasured himself. I, you know, I just need to question that truck driver. What's he doing looking at another guy's junk? 
Well, I mean, it's, you, know, you, know how, you know how trucks are. You can see down into the truck and everything. I am, I am kidding. I am kidding. Um, see, if you had watched Smokey and the Bandit, you would have known this. But, of course, you've never seen that movie, which is yet another thing I need to give you hell over. Yeah, that's, you know, that's fair. If I can watch it while I'm driving my Prius, doing my detox, then I think it'll be okay. <laughs> see, that's what you need to do. You need to say, look, if I'm going to watch The Hunger Games with you, you watch Smokey and the Bandit with me. I don't think she would object to that. The thing is, I don't think that that deal would need to be made. Um, not to mention, I'm home a lot. Since I, I'm working from home, unless I am on site for uh, for a live event, uh, I have a lot of time to watch pretty much whatever I want. I just need to do it. <laughs> this this is the worst part of the story. Marshall's lawyer says he was involved in a texting conversation and, quote, got carried away, unquote, adding that he, quote, Bitterly regrets his actions, unquote. Now, I would think that you've just, in your explanation, admitted to another crime. Uh, maybe the wacky Britons don't have a crime for uh, texting while driving. Maybe it's just the beating it while driving that they don't look kindly upon. Huh. Well, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to do some research on that and see if England has any kind of uh, laws about texting while driving. Help us, Intertubes. You're our only hope. Yeah, so I'll have, to, I'll have to find out about that because now I'm I'm curious because I, I think we all can agree that it's not a good thing. Uh, I'm not saying that, that I, I don't do it. I'm, I'm just saying that it's, it's not a good thing that I do it. You, you know what's even worse, though? Uh, Marshall was convicted of a similar offense in 2008. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so he's – um this this is not his first uh, self-rodeo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nicely done. He uh, Very nicely done. He was sentenced to 12 months of community service. Now, has he not quite gotten the idea that the, the windows, like, you're in the car, but people can see into it? <laughs> I want to know what, what about his texting conversation got him so carried away that he just, you know, <laughs> decided to strip off all his clothes and just start cranking it right there in the middle of the road. Um. It must have been some some very explicit texts. I don't know. I I, did, I can tell you that I found a story um, dated the, uh, 2013, May 9th, in fact, saying that drivers who send text messages or make phone calls while at the wheel without hands-free devices could be hit by increased fines of 90 pounds. So, yes, there very much are laws against texting while driving over there. So not only was he – Exposing himself in public, he is now admitted to texting while driving. That's not a good lawyer. No, not so much. Of course, uh, also, it's good that he can do 12 months of community service instead of 12 months of self-service. There you go. Man, that's where I, the rim shot would really come in handy right there. Yes, yes, it would. Alas. <laughs> <laughs> the downfall of these uh, Frankenstein shows. Yep. Dateline Winterport, Maine, a woman faces a domestic violence charge after being accused of hitting her husband in the forehead with a spatula. Okay. Uh, Sophie Geit, 19, texted a friend that she had been assaulted by her husband, so the friend called police. When officers arrived, they found that the man had marks on his forehead from the spatula and that the woman, quote, was the predominant aggressor, unquote. After speaking to the husband and his brother, she acknowledged that she struck him, but nobody was forthcoming about why, police said. Geit was arrested and later released on $400 bail. $400 bail for hitting people with a spatula. 
I'm reminded of the Spatula City bit from the movie UHF. Another yes, Spatula City. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know that's a. I, I'm just more amazed that the guy just sort of stood there and wore it on the forehead. I I would think that you could move around and you know get out of the way of uh, said spatula, but you know what do I know? What do you want to bet he was the one that bailed her out too? Probably, probably. Um, <laughs> you know, and she probably was upset about how long he took to bail her out too. Just knowing, <laughs> uh, I'm just taking an educated guess here, and I feel like that's a fair thing to say. I sat here in this jail cell for five damn hours. That's eighty dollars right. an hour. It's because you were hitting me in the head with something. I don't care. <laughs> Get me out of here. You treat me so bad. Wait, no, you were the one arrested for. Oh god. I give up. You win. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just gonna out talk me to death anyway. Dateline: Coos Bay, Oregon. Police arrested a woman accused of refusing to leave a Coos Bay home and then offering sexual favors to sheriff's deputies in exchange for her release from custody. Maybe that would have worked better if she knew the cops' first names. <laughs> Take Say a pro Steve, tip the, the guy in, in Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, he got out of resisting arrest, so, you know. The, uh, the Coos County Sheriff's Office said 50-year-old Janet Lagasse, 50 years old, was arrested after deputies were called to a home by a 52-year-old man who said Lagasse became argumentative while refusing to leave his home, and then here's where everything gets completely nuts. Deputies later found Lagasse at a chicken coop after hearing her screaming vulgarities. Like, I'm 50, I like to kick, stretch, and kick. <laughs> Come after me! <laughs> I'm 50! <laughs> Uh, in a chicken coop. <laughs> there I was up in Debo's chicken coop. <laughs> Man. <laughs> what interesting choices by people out there over the holidays. The uh, sheriff's office says she was taken into custody on a disorderly conduct charge, but ended up being charged with bribe, after, uh, bribe giving, rather, after she offered sexual favors to three deputies in exchange for her release. You know, I... <laughs> I just, I, I want to know how drunk she was during this. <laughs> to talk about her intoxication level, I know it, it does not, but why. it had to have been monstrous. Yeah, I just, I want to know what kind of state of mind someone's in when they're just like, "Look, I know the way out of this. Don't worry, I got this." Hey, officers, how's it going? <laughs> you know, I just can't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it came out that that cogent. It's like. Hey, I'll I'll blow you if you let me leave it here. Uh, went a little more explicit than I was going, but you know that's okay. That's well, fine. They they didn't yeah. put it in the in the copy, so I'm sure that's probably where it went. That, that's probably fair though. They never managed to put the, the the relevant and and truly topical stuff in the copy though. I uh, I saw this on Christmas Eve, of all things. A New Jersey real estate agent overpriced a house so that it wouldn't sell. And so that he could use it as a sex pad with a fellow broker, according to a report. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the pair's sexcapades ended when the property owners found out about this after the couple was caught in the act on home security video, the record of Hackensack, New Jersey, reported. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so I want to make sure that I understand this correctly, as I do with so many of these stories, because I feel... <laughs> With some of these stories, you're just not really like, did I hear that right? You know? So these people were responsible for selling this home. Yes. 
Okay. So if you're the one selling the home, I would think you would need to know the details of said home. How many <laughs> bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, heating, air conditioning, does it have a dishwasher, washing machine and dryer hookups, so on and so forth. I would think included in this would be, is there a home security system in the home? <laughs> I was just thinking of something. Can you imagine the house hunters on that? Some woman walks in and she's like, you know what? I don't see my granite. There's no stainless steel appliances. And, oh, there's steaming on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and cross this one off. Yeah, I don't think this one's going to work for me. <laughs> All right, well, let's go uh, take, a, take a look at that three-bedroom down in, uh, you know, Patterson. <laughs> uh, Coldwell Banker agent Robert Lindsay had jacked up, that's unfortunate, the Wayne, New Jersey's home price uh, to scare away buyers and to allow him to have sexual escapades with co-worker Jean-Marie Phelan, according to a lawsuit filed by homeowners, unfortunately named Richard and Sandra Weiner on December 6th. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, well... Sometimes they write themselves, folks. Yeah, got the lawsuit filed against me by Dick Weiner. Yeah, that's a really unfortunate name for that guy. But So they're co-workers, right. and I'm assuming that at least one of them is married and or spoken for in some other capacity. It doesn't say, actually. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and assume and make yeah. an ass out of you and me. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, why would you need to do this? Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yet another example of shoddy journalism. You'd think yeah, they'd include that. That's what I'm saying. I, I just, I don't know why else you would need to have a sex pad, uh, unless you wouldn't be able to use your own pad for some reason. And, uh, there you go. Uh, unless you just really love the idea of potentially being caught on the home security system, which you were. This, you know, uh, like maybe is that your thing? Like it's taboo for you, so it's good, or I don't, I don't know. This actually provides a little bit of lurid detail, not much, Ooh. a little bit. Uh, quote: Lindsay and Phelan entered the master bedroom undressed and proceeded to have sex on the Wiener's bed. The suit states. Oh, a while later, the security camera showed Lindsay and Phelan getting dressed. Unquote. Huh. What did they edit out the parts? Like, I mean, was this like, uh, you know, hotel porn where they just edit out the actual sex or? Yeah, it was like Cinemax on Friday night. It was pretty much yeah. how, how that worked. <laughs> Why are you showing the guy's face right now? I don't understand. <laughs> there, um, was, there were 45 minutes of a woman bouncing up and down from waist up. Yeah. I, go figure, man. It's weird. <laughs> the uh, the Wieners filed suit against the agents and their company alleging breach of trust and fiduciary duties. Neither Phelan nor Lindsay were reached for comment by the local newspaper. Coldwell Banker said it had ceased its affiliation with the agents. Why? <laughs> the uh, the couple is seeking compensatory damages for invasion of privacy, infliction of emotional distress, breach of contract, trespass of land, and other civil counts, according to the newspaper. Yeah, I can't say I blame them at all. That, that would be awful. <laughs> that would just be really terrible. Yeah, see, you know the bad thing too. You're, you think about how real estate agents are constantly asking other people to try to drive business to them. Oh. Can you imagine that sales pitch? Yeah, um, my, <laughs> my real estate agent likes to hump more than yours does. Come sell your house with him. Yeah, I I don't think that's that's really going to necessarily fly. Um, I I just. That's that's amazing. That's just an amazing thought um, thought process right there. 
You want to sell this house and get a really big commission and be able to afford hotel rooms? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. We'll just jack the price up on this one, not sell it, and get it on there. So, uh, yeah. Do we do we want to go a little west for our next story? A little bit. Sure. Why not? Dateline Climber, Pennsylvania. This is also on Christmas Eve. State police have charged a Western Pennsylvania woman with putting child pornography on a computer in an unsuccessful effort to frame her estranged husband. Wow, that's diabolical. <laughs> if she were successful, that dude is ruined. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, she she would uh she would have to go home and put some water in Buck Nasty's mama's dish after that. Yeah, one. but what's I mean, there are a few things in our society that would carry the stigma of being caught with child pornography. I think I'm safe in saying that, right? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So that's that is a that's a diabolical plan. Online court records don't list an attorney for 42 year old Mary Jane Woods of Cherry Hill Township, who also doesn't have a listed phone. Troopers from Indiana, Pennsylvania, say she started the investigation when she came to their barracks on August 14th to report her husband sexually abused children and put images of same on their home computer. Police investigated and determined the images were put on the computer August 11th, but that Woods' husband left the residence July 23rd. Hmm. Oh. That's yeah. Awesome. You know, that, that that would be a flaw in the plan, uh, not realizing that everything on your computer is pretty much traceable. <laughs> Woods, yeah. Woods is uh, charged with a felony count of sexual abuse of children for possessing a computer with the images on it and 40 counts of lying about alleged abuse incidents involving her husband. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to open up a little bit to the listeners here, Brian. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, I have seen pornographic images in my life. I don't no. know. If, you know, anyone knows that. Um no way. That, that I have, I have, I have seen pornographic images in my life, and you know, I have seen, I have seen my fair share. At the same time, I have stumbled upon a lot of things that I'd rather have not seen. None of which included <laughs> child pornography. Yeah, that's kind of hard to accidentally happen upon. You I, I, you could tell me like, Ed, here's a hundred dollars. I need you to find it in twenty minutes. I wouldn't think I probably would be able to do so. So. When I hear about a plan like this, I'm like, look, lady, where are you? F- How did you get it? I I don't – you know what I'm saying? Like, granted, I've never really gone looking for it because why would I? But, at this, you know, there are plenty of things that I have come across from, like, I did not want – that was not what I was looking for. Is, is okay? this like the, the very special episode of Different Strokes where, like, Mr. Drummond goes and looks for the nastiest guy driving a panel van and, and has a negotiation with him in the back of the van? Is that how that works? <laughs> That's um yeah, I don't I don't really think that that's at all what I was referencing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what the hell is worth it? <laughs> yeah, so, no, yeah, that's uh, that's that's not a good plan. Excuse me, excuse <laughs> me, miss. No. That's bad. Um you had mentioned that uh you know, there there were uh, some interesting parts of your proposal and stuff. Um there was also something else that happened over Christmas Eve that uh, I don't even begin to know how to describe. I just, I don't. <laughs> it's, you, you know, you see these, these certain things where you read a story and you're just like, I have no idea where to go with this. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, 
how did that even come to this? I'm kind of there now on this story. Okay. A woman got into an argument with her fiancé on Christmas Day. And you know that happens sometimes. You're around sure. around family and, you know, kind of kind of weighs you down a little bit. And, you know, you're just kind of ready to get out of there. And there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, the fight that she got into with her fiancé ended with her stabbing her fiancé. Oh, gosh. That's bad enough. Um, but here's I'm the rest. Scared nowhere. Dateline, Richland County, South Carolina. And that's not the kind of where I mean. I know. A uh, a man was stabbed Christmas Day after an argument with his fiance over their wedding colors, according to the Richland County Sheriff's Department. Now, does it tell you <laughs> what wedding colors they are fighting for? Um, no, it doesn't, unfortunately. Or was he just refusing everything's pink, including my tux? Or, like, I don't... How far was this going to go and to what degree? I mean, I feel this, this is important stuff. Sergeant Curtis Wilson said deputies were called to a home on Twin Pond Road about 8.30 p.m. near Blythewood, South Carolina, which is just north of Columbia, where they found the man with stab wounds to his upper body. Wilson said deputies determined the couple had been arguing over the color scheme for their wedding. Wilson said the man tried to leave the home, and that's when 34-year-old Krista James stabbed him. A witness took the man to Providence Hospital. He was then transported to Palmetto Health of Richland, where he was treated for non-life-threatening injuries, Wilson said. James was arrested and charged with criminal domestic violence. So there was a witness? Yes. Oh, good. Good. Make sure and commit these crimes in front of people. (laughs) Good idea. Now... Look, the holidays are not a breeze, right? I think we can all admit that. There's a lot going on. People's stress level gets up. Um, you have to worry about shopping. Maybe you even have to venture towards a mall, which is the worst thing you could possibly do in my mind. Right. So I get it that, that you know, sometimes it's hard to keep cool uh, or keep your cool, I should say. But. Having an argument over your wedding colors that results in a stabbing, I think that you've pretty much called off a wedding at this point as well. So I think your argument has has all been completely pointless at this point. (laughs) That goes along with this story, actually. Uh, Dateline, North Charleston, South Carolina. A North Charleston woman is in jail after police say she stabbed her husband with a ceramic squirrel. (laughs) Okay, what's sharp enough? Uh, did she break the ceramic <laughs> squirrel first? Because I'm trying to think of how would you do that, and what's sharp enough on said ceramic squirrel? Uh, let's let's see if they'll tell us. <laughs> According to the police report, Helen Ann Williams attacked her husband on Christmas Day after he failed to return home with beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Police said they were dispatched to the home and found the victim with a large amount of blood on his face. When police asked Williams what happened to her husband, she said that he fell and cut himself. (laughs) Of course he did. Of course he did. You know there was a threat, too, before they got there. You know damn well that she said, okay, when the cops get here, you better tell them that you fell and cut yourself, or otherwise you're going to end up with the other end of the squirrel after they leave. You know that's what happened. I have no doubt about that. I have absolutely no doubt about that. I just wore a picture of just like, you let me do the talking. 
No, you let me do the talking. <laughs> oh, hi, officer. I got this one. You stay out of the damn way. Oh, don't uh, worry about the bloody squirrel. <laughs> Ceramic bloody squirrel. Williams, oh, fine. Williams told police her common-law spouse went to a store to find beer, but the store was closed. He returned home and began making a sandwich, and Williams allegedly took a ceramic squirrel and stabbed him in the shoulder and chest. <laughs> Seems like a proper response. Um, now, look, in, in the number one rule of being a Boy Scout, which I was for a while, is be prepared. Now, you got to know that you're going to have a lot less availability for things like beer on Christmas Day, all right? <laughs> you got to stock up, all right? You can't just go into Christmas without food and beer or whatever booze you're going to need to get through your day with the family in the house. Dude, I, I, went, I went to uh, Kroger back home, which is a, uh, a major East sure. Coast uh, grocery chain, sure. and Every single person in that store on Christmas Eve had I at agree. least uh, a 12-pack, at least. Yes, sure. And, you know, there were a lot of people buying Cran Burrito, which was, you know, something I should have ridiculed them over but didn't. Um, you know, those those sorts of things, Bud Light Lime and all these other questionable decisions. But, hey, everybody had something except for your humble teetotaler here. Now, I, I just – did Christmas sneak up on you? Did you miss? Do you not watch television for the previous two months? Did you not know it's coming? <laughs> see, I can just see that now. I, I can see when he gets back to the house and she's just like, oh, uh, you didn't come home with the hooch. Time to die. <laughs> and then just stabs him with a squirrel. <laughs> Maybe there is like a withdrawal scenario <laughs> that made her just grab the closest thing possible. Because, again, I wouldn't think that you would look at Ceramic Squirrel and think weapon uh, or effective weapon, especially effective stabbing weapon. <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, but, but like, go ahead. Well, the thing that cracks me up, though, is more is the idea that she had to break it like a bottle. You know, you see people, like, break a bottle before they fight, you know, or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yep. That she had to, like, bang the thing and break the squirrel to create an edge <laughs> to stab him with. I hope. I truly hope. That would that that would be a visual that would be a funny bit in something. <laughs> yeah, uh he uh he he probably would have to pay a little more to bail her out. Um she got ten thousand dollars bail. So yeah, I mean how if you're the husband in that situation, how do you react? <laughs> Hell with her. I'm going to the store. <laughs> what, go back to the store that's closed, get stabbed again? Yep. Uh, but that's the – you know what I'm talking about? It's, okay, so you did that to your husband. So who is going to come bail you out at that point uh, <laughs> on Christmas, especially since everyone's already drunk except you since you're the only one that forgot to buy booze? <laughs> She's sitting there on the, on the jailhouse phone. If you don't get your ass over here with a 12-pack of beer, I'm going to stab you next. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, she's serious. I know she's serious. <laughs> People are crazy. He probably tore out in his 1975 F-150 as fast as he could take it. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> people like to uh, celebrate the new year in different ways. There's uh, there's this. I'm I'm almost scared to read this even. Boy. This is the, the funniest lead probably I've ever read on this program. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. 
I, I may be wrong. I, I may be putting myself out there a little bit. I may be stepping out of, out of turn here, but I'm going to say this is the funniest lead I've ever read on this program. An obese virgin hospitalized his girlfriend after his enthusiastic thrust resulted in her head being bashed through a plasterboard wall. <laughs> oh, that's good. That <laughs> is good. I, I'm going to ask you to read it one more time so I make sure I can soak in all the layers. Because there's a lot of information um, packed into that sentence. An obese virgin hospitalized his girlfriend after his enthusiastic thrust resulted in her head being bashed through a plasterboard wall. I have a point of parliamentary procedure here. Is he still a virgin? <laughs> because I, I got the, I, I'm getting the impression from this copy that he's not anymore. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's, there's more. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, Greg Casarona, who weighed in at a hefty 31 stone, whatever the hell that is, U.S. Uh, get on that inner tube. Tell uh-huh. us how much 31 stone is U.S. Yes. Uh, feared for the worst after concussing Jen Garakak- or Jarakaris, who weighed just eight stone at the time. Oh, man. That's a. Uh... Oh, wow. Okay. 31 stone, uh, according to the Google, equals 434 pounds. Eight stone would then be 112 pounds. <laughs> how's the how's the word engulfed not in this somewhere um yeah you know i would think that for someone in her situation that the that she would she would have to be more on top <laughs> you know what i'm saying i, I just don't yeah. see how they thought this was okay and a good idea <laughs> this is where it gets even worse. I can't even read this copy with a straight face. <laughs> my quote, my initial reaction was, I killed her. Mr. Casarona told the New York Post, this is my first time and Jen is dead, unquote. <laughs> now, did they mention Mr. Uh, I, I also am amused by just how slightly close his last name is to Casanova. But, yeah, yeah. Um, does it mention his age? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's 21. <laughs> okay. Um, that's just, that's an amazing story in so many ways. Um, oh, there's more. <laughs> there's more? Uh, there's a lot more. Oh, God. All right, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy. Yeah, just let this wash over you, uh, kind of like him. Notice I didn't say enjoy the ride, because then it would have been a pun. <laughs> After a couple of seconds, which felt like an eternity to the 21-year-old, there's there's your, uh, <laughs> your, your mention of that, his girlfriend pulled her head out of the wall and exclaimed, quote, <laughs> why'd you stop, unquote. <laughs> All right. That's a very important lesson that I have learned, okay? It's a very important lesson. <laughs> You do if you once you once you heat a woman up, you don't want to stop until you're sure they're ready for you to stop. Like they need to tell you. <laughs> yeah, but here's the question: Why did they take her helmet away from her until she passed the concussion test? <laughs> oh man, uh, you know, I, I really, <laughs> I've been in situations where, um, you know, there's been a a, a bed. <laughs> banging against the wall. I've I've been in you know 
but to actually put the girl's head through a wall <laughs> is just unfathomable. See, what we need here, you know all the different videos these days that are getting remixed with the Jim Ross bit in the background? We need, we need that where Jim Ross is like, no, don't do it, don't do it, and then you hear the sound of the, of the, of the slam against the mat as her head busts through the wall. He's like, oh my god, King! We, we need that video right now. I thought you were going to say that we needed John Brankus in sports science to break this down. <laughs> Sorry, we need somebody who's actually had sex to break this down. Sorry. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, well, with 434 pounds and, and an over-enthusiastic crust, that resulted in 1,000 pounds of torque. <laughs> the fact that she only weighed 112 pounds, coupled with the force created by Mr. Karis Novodas. <laughs> That caused her head to go right through the plaster wall. <laughs> to reenact this, we've brought in CeCe Sabathia, a U.S. Olympic gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we've got Mal- we've got Marcel Darius and Nastasia Lucas. <laughs> Terrence Cody and Shannon Miller. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Haloti Nada. And- <laughs> God. There's more, though. There's more to this story. There's a lot more to this story. Quote, he looked like he was about to have a heart attack, Miss Garakakis said, so I wanted, to, I just wanted to lighten the mood, unquote. <laughs> oh, by her response of, why'd you stop? <laughs> yes. I gotta admit, she's got a good sense of humor if that yeah. was her response. I mean, if someone put my head through a wall for any reason, I'd probably not be so uh, jovial about it. <laughs> yeah, it's... She's a... Uh, She's a baller. She can take that. Yeah. She, see, next time she gets with him, she's going to have one of those those funky-looking helmets like David Wright had. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I still I still keep thinking that the next time it's going to be, look, why don't, why don't I get to be on top this time? <laughs> okay? Okay. Thanks. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, after Miss Garakakis, or Garakaris, rather, started to feel guilty and, or, guilty, jeez, feel dizzy, you take two, and uh, nauseous, the caring Casanova, See what they did there. Insist, oh, I get insisted it. on taking her to their local hospital in New Jersey. Now a reconstruction of the night's events was broadcast on American TV on the show Sex Sent Me to the ER. Oh. There's gosh. more. Other guests on the program included a woman who, quote, suffered, unquote, a two-hour orgasm. A couple who injured themselves while having sex in a janitor's closet, and another man who had a stroke when having sex with his girlfriend. See, the last one doesn't really fit, and that's the producers reaching to fill time because it's like that's a, like look, the other ones people all got injured or did something really dumb. This guy just was going on living his life and had like a major health event happen to him. That's not fair. I, I feel I feel terrible saying this, so I'm just gonna go ahead and apologize before I even say it. But did they have, did they have Charlie Daniels come in for fiddle accompaniment during that story? Oh wow, <laughs> breaking out the heavy artillery. You know the thing the thing is, Brian, is I don't know why you've been apologizing for any of it. That implies that this is actually going to record and people will hear it later. Oh God, I hope so. If if you've never given me any favors before, Lord, please let this be saved because there is so much magic in this program that I can't even begin to recap it all. The thing is, is you even you said about 
think it was about noon my time when you said I could just feel it that tonight is going to be a total clown show. And uh, yep. you're not wrong. No, not at all. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, people celebrated New Year's in their own different way. Uh, and I'm sure that you've seen different ways of people celebrating New Year. I'm, I'm kind of half tempted to bring Buddy Lee Phillips in to read this story. Would you be interested in having him read this story? Yes, but, but we haven't even talked about this. I don't think I told you at all. Do you know what I was doing at midnight on New Year's? Uh, I'm scared to ask, but you'll... Oh, I was watching Argo. Like, I punted on New Year's. My fiance and I completely punted on New Year's. We went out for happy hour. We were out for, for like, four to seven, and then right around the time that people started coming in for dinner, we were like, check, please, we're out of here. <laughs> Done. The waitress is looking at us like, I'm sorry, what, what you're leaving now? Uh yeah. Yeah, we're we're just going to skip amateur hour and we're just going to go home and enjoy our <laughs> evening now. We just had dinner at greatly reduced prices from whatever you're going to jack the prices up to for dinner. We're not going to spend all night out drinking. We're not going to be out with a bunch of people who normally aren't out at this time, then struggle to find a cab and then get home too late and think, "Wait a minute, where did a few hundred dollars go?" We're just going to do it this way and we'll be fine. But it was one of those things where eventually it was like, "Oh, hey, New Year's was six minutes ago. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's I, great. I skipped Ryan Seacrest's countdown. I skipped Carson Daly's countdown. I skipped whoever else was on the countdown. And I felt great about it. I really did. <laughs> Seriously. So uh, I, I see Mr. Uh, Mr. Buddy Lee Phelps approaching the microphone, so uh, we'll, we'll let him tell the uh, story of what happened on New Year's. Uh, trust that he had a, a wonderful New Year's. Uh, I'm sure that he's probably, you know, out on bond or something at this point, so maybe we'll hear about that sometime. Uh, well, I think I think we need to hear what Mr. Uh, the Notorious BLP has to say. Oh, uh, well, uh, l- let me just tell you this story, because it kind of sounds a little similar to mine, so uh, same same thing. Uh, this happened in... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, so uh, you really enjoyed Argo also, as well? I, I don't even know what the hell Argo is. I thought that was someplace oh. in North Dakota somewhere. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get back to that later. Uh, all right. Is that, is that one of them compact cars y'all hippie liberals drive out in California? Is that, is that what that is? Uh, it's actually it's a, a, a motion picture. Uh, okay. Uh, Feature film about the hostage crisis in Iran. Yeah, I, I know what they are. Uh, sneak into them. Oh, okay. Well, you might want to... Maybe you want to skip this one. Fine. <laughs> what, what, you think I got a low IQ or something? You think I can't figure out how to, how to form a normal thought? Uh, I think you might want to try to fight the, the movie screen, actually, or the television that you watch it on, because I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about people from Iran. Well, uh, let, let me ask you uh, the, the proper material for, uh, for a good film. Uh, does it have any ricin in it? Any ricin? Ricin, like a car ricin. Oh, uh, no. I, I thought you were referring to ricin as in, like, the uh, no. poison. And no. I was like, that's an interesting request for you, Mr. Phillips. But no, uh, no rissing at all. Uh, how about any, uh, any, any guns, any blowing stuff up? Uh, there are some guns, yes. Any, uh, any bald eagles? No bald eagles. Any, uh, any American flags? Uh, they're being burned. Uh, any, any terrorists being shot at? Uh, well, I think the people that you would actually consider terrorists would be the ones doing the shooting. How about, uh, how about women in cut-off shorts? Uh, very much no. Well, in that case, uh, hell with that movie. Okay, all right. Well, then I guess we're going to have to find a different film. 
um, for you to watch after you uh, share this this fantastic story with us. Yeah, this uh, this happened in Lincolnton, North Carolina. Uh, a a Lincolnton man celebrating the new year was seriously injured when a black powder homemade cannon exploded in his face, according to investigators. <laughs> a homemade cannon. Yeah, you got you got to know if you're going to do these kind of things, you can't be no amateur. You got to figure out how to how to properly set up your own home cannon. Uh, I would think that would be something you want to be very careful of. Yes, I've I've done it a uh, hundred or hundred five times, and I can tell you how to properly set up a cannon. And apparently, this dumbass ain't figured out how to do it yet. Yeah, I'm. Well, uh, I don't know how to set up a cannon, so I, for someone like myself who doesn't know how to do this, is the best advice to just not touch the cannon. Uh, pretty much. Uh, you 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 need to have a uh, proper munitions expert around like myself. Uh, make sure that there's plenty of American flags around, and uh, make sure that you know there's a couple cars on blocks and all that kind of stuff before you start firing any of these things off. Oh, uh, that's that's great uh, advice. Thank you for sharing it. A uh, a woman at the home in the 2300 block of Caner Road told sheriff's deputies that she heard an explosion and saw Timothy Kraus Hester, 41. Kraus? The hell kind of middle name is Kraus? Uh, of Lincolnton fly across the porch in a cloud of smoke and land against a door. <laughs> fly across the porch. Amateurs. Please continue, Mr. Phillips. Hester had been uh, shooting a cannon during the night to celebrate the New Year, investigators said. Deputies arrived at the home at 1.15 a.m. Wednesday, where paramedics and firefighters were treating Hester. He was lying against a door on the side porch. Well, Mr. Lee Phillips, though, I, 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 I've had this question, uh, and I've posted it to other people, but I'm glad that you're here so I can pose it to you. Are, are you a believer in shooting your gun in the air to celebrate bringing in the new year? Oh, who the hell doesn't go out with a, with a 30 alt 6 and fire in the air? Oh, okay. Well, I guess that answers that question. See, that's, that's the thing around here. When you go out, your construction helmet that you normally wear to work, you can take it out when you go out, and that way if somebody – Decides to uh, get all fired up and shoot one in the air. When it when it lands, if it hits you in the head, it ain't gonna do no damage. It's just gonna bounce off of you. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad that's that's taken care of because it's all about safety. Exactly. Gotta know your surroundings, Mark. Hester was uh, airlifted to Wake Forest Baptist Burn Center in Winston Salem, North Carolina. He uh, suffered second degree burns and cornea damage to an eye, and was released from the hospital. The uh, the sheriff's office took the cannon as evidence, but didn't file any charges. Now, if he flew across the porch, so does that mean that he managed to shoot the cannon directly at himself at close range? I don't, I don't know. It's almost like one of them damn Yosemite Sam things you used to see on the TV back, uh, you know, when when TV was still good and it wasn't all these damn reality shows and you know women harping at each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's just uh, that's a tough way to to spend the uh, to bring in the new year, though. I mean, I you know I, I feel sympathetic for him in that regard, but um, beyond that, not really. Well, see, what he needs to do is he needs to sign up for the Buddy Lee Phillips uh, 12 class blowing stuff up uh, instruction seminar at the local community college, and then he ain't gonna have to worry about this no more. Oh, is that something that people can find on the internet? What the hell's the internet? All right. Well. Um, I hope that people can track down your class, though. It sounds very, very uh, informative and enlightening. It's, uh, it's very, very simple. Just uh, just go to your local community college, ask them about the, uh, about the blowing stuff up classes, and after the, uh, the first person gives you a strange look, just ask, to know, know, ask to know somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about, and they'll come back there and tell you. Right.
All right. Well, I, I will have to make sure and try that. Uh, Buddy Lee Phillips, thank you so much for, for sharing this story with us and dropping by. I appreciate you taking time out of your, your busy schedule and, you know, teaching and sharing this, this knowledge with all of America. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, I hear sirens outside, so i got to go. Okay. That's probably a good plan. Mr. Buddy Lee Phillips, always a pleasure to have him on the show. And uh, I think Did That Make Air is always a better program when he can drop, drop by, don't you, Brian? Absolutely. Of course, uh, you know, he, he has short visits with us because, you know, he'll hear sirens or somebody will be kicking busy a soccer guy. ball in his front yard or something uh, like that. You know, he's got to just drop the mic and take off. So, mm-hmm. Someone tried to turn on, like, MSNBC in his house. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. That's like an emergency for him. Yeah, he, he saw that Rachel Maddow feller on the TV and decided oh. to go put a foot through it. Yeah, that's no good for him. <laughs> that's not going to work. But that, you know, I mean, uh, Buddy Lee Phillips brings up a, a, an interesting, uh, you know, an interesting story here, though, that that first of all, that this person had a cannon. Right. Uh, which which, of course, I only picture as the most uh, cartoonish sized uh, revolutionary war style cannon. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, that's what I'm picturing. I'm I, I picturing- still. I'm I'm with Buddy Lee Phillips there. I can I can picture the whole Yosemite Sam thing, like where you know he's got Bugs Bunny on the ship or whatever, and he goes to light the cannon with his head sticking in it, and gets his head blown off. You know, one of those. God, do you ever see any of the Looney Tunes or anything like that now, or Warner Brothers cartoons? And think, God, these are ridiculously violent. Yeah, but I mean that's that's the good thing about it. It's better than watching you know the the Wiggles or uh, you know whatever garbage kids TVs on these days. Uh, well, I've learned from a three-year-old yesterday that uh, their favorite show currently is Bubble Guppies, whatever that is. I don't really, I don't really know. That's, that sounds like a drink that you tried to, you know, get some girl back to your room with in college. Uh, it does actually. That, <laughs> that, yeah, no, that's very true. Um, I think it's even funnier that he, that that the the child kept referring to it as Gubble Guppies, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's 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 all about finding humor wherever you can. This uh, this happened right before Christmas. Dateline Martin County, Florida. Martin County Sheriff's deputies around 1.50 p.m. encountered 46-year-old John Harper at Stewart Beach, where a witness reported a man was stumbling toward a vehicle in the back of the parking lot. Uh, a deputy told Harper, who smelled like booze and had slurred speech, that several beachgoers called the sheriff's office, expressing concerns for his safety. Asked how much alcohol he consumed that day, Harper said, quote, five gallons of vodka, unquote. Which, wow. Which would translate to 427 shots. Wow. Uh, I'm going to guess that's not true because I think he'd just be dead right. at this point. But, um, yeah, you know, I've seen some really weird things happen to people when they drink excessively. And I don't just mean excessively in terms of, you know, they would be legally drunk or – they would be, you know, you see them at a bar and they're loud and belligerent or anything of that nature. I mean, excessively to the point of blacking out. Um, and uh, if you had simply taken the four off of that number and made it 27 shots, that probably would do a pretty good job of uh, knocking you right out. The, uh, the report continues, quote, at this time, without warning, Harper pulled his shorts and underwear down below his exposed buttocks and began urinating in the parking lot in the full view of children and adults, unquote, according to the report. Uh, an investigator told Harper to cease and desist this activity to no avail, quoting there. Uh, a breath test measured Harper's blood alcohol content at, want to hazard a guess? If, if he drank half as much as he's saying, then he's going to be well into the two. So I'm going to say point two three. 
a breath test measured Harper's blood alcohol content at .379. Wow, that's a new record that I've ever heard, actually. <laughs> what about that chick who was a .41 in Iowa? Was she? I thought she was. I, I'll, 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 don't worry. We'll, we'll get the Google on that story as we, we proceed here. How, how bad is it that we're actually trying to rehash great moments in DTMA drunk stories? <laughs> I don't know what that says about us or our country, but that's okay. We're going to keep after it. We, we, need, we need to have drinks above replacement on this program, mixed right. sports with, uh, with stupidity. Uh, that's, of course, more than four times the illegal limit. Uh, Harper from Port St. Lucie was arrested on charges including disorderly intoxication and exposure of sexual organs. And by the way, uh, the Iowa fan um, allegedly had a .341 blood alcohol oh, content. Oh, 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 so good. she has been eclipsed by this gentleman. Yeah, but I bet this guy doesn't have a Twitter account and, and an Instagram and all that stuff. Um, no, I, I don't think that he does have all of the social media of Samantha – what is it? Samantha Lynn Goody? Gowdy? Something like that? Whatever <laughs> Yeah, Samantha but, uh, matters. Yeah, I do love though that her first tweet afterwards was just went to j- jail YOLO. I think that just fits in with everything you've been <laughs> saying about YOLO ever, pretty much. By the way, speaking of, <laughs> I was, <laughs> and I, I I feel so pissed at myself that I didn't get this when I was in the Raleigh Durham area over my birthday. I drove by a number of different places, and one of the places that I passed was a frozen yogurt shop, and it is called YOLO. Really? Yes. Y-O-L-O with the Y and L capitalized. It is YOLO. Huh. Uh, How old is said place? Uh, Like a year old, maybe? At most? I mean, it couldn't be a lot older than that. I, I don't know. Yolo. Huh, that, well, interesting choice. Dateline, Orange County, Florida. A naked man drove into an Orange County lake, and deputies say they're finding out whether he was intoxicated at the time of the incident. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and solve that mystery for you. Uh, yeah, 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 he was. Oh, my. Brian, have you ever done police work before? Do you need a raise? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go start with LL Cool J and Chris O'Donnell on TV now. If we could get some more uh, investigative-type shows, especially centered around the Navy, I think that would be great for our country. We don't really have any of those, especially on CBS. Well, I mean, Tom Selleck's got to have work somehow. But that's true. I mean, you know, they can't. we can't just remake uh, – what was – oh, was it Eisenhower, where he was like Eisenhower or something like that, where I was like, huh, Tom Selleck? <laughs> Eisenhower, where he was Eisenhower. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you for playing along and helping me out with that one. I love that. <laughs> Eisenhower, where he was Eisenhower. Yeah, he was Eisenhower, <laughs> by the way. Uh, you know, not exactly what I thought when I thought of Eisenhower, and uh, allegedly he pulled it off, and I never saw it. I heard he was Eisenhower in it. Did you? <laughs> Something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, but. God. Um, this from uh, Orlando. Dateline Orlando, Matt Skyda wanted a free meal at IHOP and flashed an Orlando Police Department insignia patch with hopes his dish would be on the house. When that didn't work, police said, Skyda pulled down his pants and flashed his buttocks. Let's just go over that again, because I feel like I must have missed something in this. 
<laughs> Reading again from the top, Matt Skyda wanted a free meal at an IHOP early Friday and flashed an Orlando Police Department insignia patch with the hopes that his dish would be on the house. When that didn't work, police said, Skyda pulled down his pants and flashed his buttocks. Yeah, I don't think that that's exactly going to get your meal comped. No, probably not. Uh, I think that's going to freak some people out. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, interesting response, though, sir. Yeah, uh, see, this this is so funny that all this crap happened while we were out. There's there's so much more that has happened while we were out. But here's here's this. Uh, Orlando police responded to the IHOP on East Colonial Drive and learned Skyda has been coming to the restaurant for several days, claiming he's a police officer and demanding free food. During the most recent incident, which unfolded about 1 a.m., a restaurant manager recognized Skyda as the man who had ordered and ordered and ate food. Nice copy. In the uh, in the past, but then claimed he had no money to pay. An arrest report said a server asked Skyda if he had money to pay for his meal, to which he replied, "Quote, no, but I'm a cop and I get food for free." Unquote. The report said Skyda, 55, then pulled an Orlando Police Department insignia patch out of his wallet. The server told Skyda police pay for their meals at IHOP and he wouldn't get any free food. The server then asked Skyda to leave. That's when police said Skyda told the server, quote, I'm not going anywhere until you feed me, unquote. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> Please, I was going to say, uh, the, whatever his next move is, is going to be hilarious. Oh, there are a couple of next moves here that are equally hilarious. The server began to call 911, and Skyda threatened to beat up the employee. When the server began to walk away, Skyda shouted, hey, buddy. And now I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the, the Canadians on South Park. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. The, uh, the, uh, the server turned around to look at Skyda, who then dropped his pants and exposed himself to the server and customers, the report said. Skyda was still at the booth when police arrived. When police took him out of the IHOP, Skyda said, quote, I'm a Green Beret. If I die, Obama dies, unquote. Okay. If I die, Obama dies. Obama <laughs> isn't all of us, apparently. Um, I'm a Green Beret. I'm not really sure what that has to do with anything. Uh <laughs> Man, this um, look. Can we get the Florida wildlife official in order to just give a quote about how perplexed he is by the entire thing, just like he did about the guy trying to trade the gator for beer? <laughs> he, uh, Sky, actually continued talking though. The report said, oh. stating, stating that he knows the police chief and that his quote retired brothers will help me out unquote. Yeah. See, look, if if your idea of passing yourself off as a cop to get free food, uh, I don't think that's necessarily going to be backed up by actual cops. Uh, I could yeah. be wrong, Not but so. I'm just throwing that out there. By the way, can I just say, this is completely off the subject, but can I just say, it's really bad when you start to read this this copy and you see an ad for disabledbathing.com. Disabled bathing. Yes. Are those like the walk-in bathtubs? I guess I don't know, and I'm frankly scared to find out. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would stay away from that site, um, just like I'm going to stay away from FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> they need Buddy Lee Phillips to do that. Yeah. Well, now, I've got that you don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com song stuck in my head now. I just find it you know, such an odd, you know, you wouldn't think that, that – I mean, maybe this is just me horribly stereotyping people, but I wouldn't think that people who live on a farm would be, like, the heaviest Internet users. 
<laughs> Maybe they had that HughesNet satellite internet. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Just again, that's... <laughs> I, I I control for Poon forty six times faster. Thank you, HughesNet. <laughs> How come that's not on the HughesNet ad? <laughs> Why is that not on the commercial? This is a guy talking about witnessing his winning his fantasy league. What about his other fantasies? <laughs> Use net and you can fulfill those. I, I can find a woman online faster than I can unclip my overalls. <laughs> oh man! Oh god! Where, where did we go wrong in this program, or where did we go oh. right, or whatever you want to call? Uh, it. I was going to say the fact we got started made people went wrong. I think that might have been the. You were the uh, thing. you were talking about stereotyping people as yeah. uh, as we wind down here. Uh, only you know a few minutes left in the program. Dateline, Melbourne, Florida. It's the talk of a Brevard County Walmart neighborhood market, a baby born in a car in the parking lot. Oh, please continue. I, I must know about the complete lack of planning by this future mom. It uh, happened just before noon at the store on Babcock Street last Thursday. The father had just stepped in for a few moments. When he came outside, he learned he was a new father. Wow. <laughs> Now, yeah. were they on the way to the hospital? And, like, he just said, oh, you know what? I got to stop in at Walmart. Or <laughs> I, I need some bacon jerky and hemorrhoid cream before we go to the hospital. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of baffled by it just because that would be the fastest labor I've ever heard of. The uh... – <laughs> Yeah, incredibly, police officers and firefighters witnessed the aftermath of what had happened. The woman gave birth in a car while her three daughters watched, and the child's father oh, was on a quick shopping trip. Oh, while his three daughters watched. That is three a, daughters watched. That's awful. That's an awkward birds and bees conversation that's coming up right there. Uh, yeah. You, um, can't, you can't exactly tell them that the stork brought them anymore. You can't keep that car. <laughs> no, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the bigger issue here. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I have to stop right now. I can now see the Carfax commercial with the car fox standing there, pointing, going, "There's afterbirth on that seat. Mark it down five thousand dollars." <laughs> Has the car been in any accidents? Uh, well, there's just been some interior damage, childbirth, and. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I just... Show me the bloodstains. Oh, 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 that's good. Um, but, so if you if you are um, already the parents of three daughters, I gotta feel like you know what it's like to give birth. Because you have three kids. So, the fact that somehow this could end up where you give birth to your fourth while in a car at a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> how did, how did this happen? How did you get to the point where you didn't mention these contraction things had been happening, you know, like for hours? <laughs> See, I'm now picturing Beavis standing there yelling, going, I'm having contractions. <laughs> but, that's just baffling. Uh <laughs> <laughs> quote I would be floored and astounded unquote said shopper Earl Wright who has two kids of his own he said he can only imagine what that father was thinking when he got to the car 
Other shoppers like Brenda Baker, mother of two, thinks about those three children who saw their baby brother born. Quote, the little kids being there when the baby was born, I can't imagine the experience for those children, unquote, said Baker. We're told the mother and baby are fine. The family did decline a request for an interview. Now, do you think that the father, upon coming back to the car, thought, I knew I should have stood in the express lane? <laughs> the the father standing shame. there giving, giving the tiger with fist pump, like, I don't have to be in the delivery room for this one. Yep. <laughs> hey, did you, any of you girls uh, tape it? I already saw that nightmare three times. No thanks. Yeah, did any of you girls get this one on video? I wasn't here for it. <laughs> All you girls had your cell phones with you, didn't you? Right. Are, did you watch it, or were you just busy texting? <laughs> Damn it, why did you vine it? Now I only get to see six seconds of it. Oh, God. <laughs> that could be a terrible six seconds, depending on what you get. But I don't know. I just picture all the kids in the back playing, like, Candy Crush and Angry Birds and stuff. <laughs> Mommy, what's wrong? I just lost an Angry Birds. Can you imagine that vine? You just keep seeing the baby's head emerge over and over again every six seconds. That would be really, really <laughs> frightening. Um, wow. Speaking of frightening vines, did, did you happen to see the Troy Aikman face evolution vine? No. Oh, man. It's, it's someone took like 25 different screenshots of Troy Aikman making weird faces during on cameras for Fox and put them in this vine, and it is creepy. <laughs> It is really creepy. And I, whoever it was, whatever commenter gave the comment, it's really hard to win the new pressure luck when it's all whammies. That's a plus one. Uh, I, um, I, I really feel bad that we couldn't close out with this story with my dad listening, but I'll, I'll have to make sure that he hears no. the, the recorded side. This, uh, this is another thing that happened on our vacation, and um, this is an appropriate note on which to close. Dateline, Andalusia, Alabama. Summer and Stephen Steele had a new baby boy on December 17th, and they named him Crimson Tide. Ah, yes. The reason we named him Crimson is that we're big Alabama fans, and it's a very unique name, and we loved it, Summer Steele told Alabama Media Group. Weighing in at 7 pounds and 5 ounces, Crimson suffered a health setback on Saturday that landed him back in doctor's care. Wow. Uh, was it misspelling his name that landed him back in doctor's care, or was that something unrelated? <laughs> it probably was. K-R-I-M-S-O-N-T-Y-D-E. So scary. <laughs> See, now, this is where the, uh, the touch that thing, folk, uh, sounder would be good for, you know, whenever the baby was born. Unfortunately. No bueno. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the mom said she's still surprised at the media attention as well as some of the vitriol she's received for naming her baby after the team they love. Quote, I'm very shocked. I didn't think people would make a very big deal about it, said Steele. Crimson has two brothers, Trenton and Dawson, that are glad to act as big brothers. The family's approval is all they care about. <sighs> to people speaking negatively about us naming him Crimson, it's not their child nor a family member, so if they have nothing nice to say, they don't need to say nothing at all, Steele said. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, is if you give your child a unique name, you're asking for a bit of attention for your child. You know, like a, a really a name that's kind of out there. Um, and if you name your kid 
Crimson Tide. How is that not going to get attention? <laughs> I mean, what did the couple that named their kid ESPN expect? You know, that no one was going to notice, that it wouldn't be a story? <laughs> well, I mean, aren't you doing it for attention, basically? You'd think, yeah. I mean, that that would seem so. to make sense, but there's – um. <laughs> I'm more kind of taken back by the, <laughs> the fact, just to, to say what she said again, if they, ha- if, if they have nothing nice to say, they don't need to say nothing at all. That's well put. You know, I think that Crimson Tide is going to be raised in a household full of reading. <laughs> An educational household. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to get hooked on phonics real early and just be like, you misspelled my name. What's up? <laughs> there's uh, there's more about that particular story, and, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But there's there's one more thing that I want to close with before we, uh, we end on all that stuff. <laughs> there's, there's some commentary on all this. Though hundreds of AL.com, this is Alabama Live, Readers are up in arms over an Andalusia newborn school-spirited moniker. Fellow University of Alabama fans have come out of the woodwork for Crimson Tide Steel and his parents, Summer and Stephen. Shane Broadhurst, 31, is among the vocal supporters urging the Covington County family to ignore the detractors. Quote, I would definitely say to fulfill their fantasy, stay Alabama fans and live every day to the fullest, unquote, said Broadhurst, father to son Crimson Tide, spelled correctly, to, and daughter Alabama, five months, uh, quote, I hate that they're having to go through that and hear a bunch of crap. You should be able to name your youngin whatever you want, unquote. I don't think anyone's saying you can't name your kid that. I think we're just all saying that we think your decision is dumb. No, no, it's youngin, not kid, youngin. Oh, okay. Um, I guess if we all, I'm, you know, I'm sure that you saw the, you know, however many tens of people on your timeline posting their results of their New York Times dialect quiz. Uh, <laughs> I guess that would that would be a, a separator right there. That would be a yeah. word that would separate different regions. The, uh, the Phoenix City, Alabama resident who describes himself and his family as diehard Alabama fans was moved to offer support to the Andalusia family after reading their story. Quote, Alabama football seems to keep us strong, Broadhurst said. It keeps us focused on what we need to get done. It's more than football to us. It's a family. We're severely diehard Alabama, unquote. A one-time hot... Football keep you focused on what you need to get done. Uh, Maybe he's a janitor at Bryant-Denny Stadium? I guess. I don't know. I got nothing for that one. That's also one that I'll file under. I can't explain it, which has been most of the show. A a one-time high school football star, star, of course, who regards Nick Saban as a father figure... Broadhurst had hoped for a college football career. However, a broken neck during an 11th grade football game squelched his plans. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that was a broken red neck. Oh, I see what you did there. Here we go. But his rampant support of the Crimson Tide, the team, helps the Bama landscaping and lawn care owner keep his dream alive. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what he does. All Whoa. right. Alabama still makes me feel like I've got a football career. They keep me strong 24-7, Broadhurst said. I always say to myself, what would Saban do, unquote? 
I'm so afraid right now as you read this to me. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm so scared. Does he have, like, a rope tied to his wrist with WWSD spray-painted on it? Maybe. <laughs> he might. I, I wouldn't be surprised if those had made it out there. The thing is, is I, I would think that, um, you know, with people wearing those bracelets, that if someone came out with a What Would Save and Do bracelet, that might be a little uh, blasphemous for some of the Alabama fan base. <laughs> Wife Emily, 25, wasn't as devoted to the team when Broadhurst met her nine years ago, but it didn't take long to convert her. Quote, now she's just like a guy about it. She's as diehard as it gets, he said, adding, I don't know if I could have dated her if she was an Auburn fan, unquote, but said he would have converted her to the Tide either way. Wow. There's, there's more. Wow. <laughs> uh, though Broadhurst never even attended the school, shocker, and has never stepped foot in Bryant-Denny Stadium. He insists that the university makes him stronger as a person, and he dreams about college careers there for both his Bama-named children. He's never been to a game. Nope. Okay, that's an interesting choice as well. I would think that if you're that big of a fan, you'd find a way to get in for one of them, even if it's against, you know, multi-directional state and at a conference or something. Yeah, you'd figure, you know, sell can, sell plasma, sell blood, whatever you have to do. Yeah. Uh, As for the Steele family, Broadhurst has a final message for them. Quote, don't worry about what other people say. People are going to hate Alabama because we're such a good team. I would tell them not to let it get to them. Be Bama fans as hard as they can be and live their life and roll tide, unquote, he said during a Monday phone interview. See, he's the kind of guy where I can actually picture him. You know, the family sits down to dinner and before they eat, they have to, you know, tag their prayer with roll tide. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dear baby Jesus, bless us and provide provide warmth and love for our home and roll tide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right. <laughs> the, Dear Lord, we thank you for this bountiful feast we are about to receive, and we also hope that Haha Clinton Dix's hamstring clears up for Saturday. Roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> to uh to, Wow. To, uh, to close this, and this is the perfect way on which to close this, and then that will wind down this car fire of a program, here's a list of girls' names and, and guys' names more likely found in Alabama than nationally. Oh, boy. There are 15 of each. I'll be quick. Number one, Crimson, K-R-Y-M-S-O-N. Five girls in Alabama, 62.5% of U.S. girls. All right. Number two, Crimson, K-R-I-M-S-O-N, five Alabama girls, 55.6% of U.S. girls. Number three, Crimson, correctly spelled, 25 Alabama girls, 42.4% of U.S. girls. Okay. The uh, the next set of names, I, I won't tell you the percentages, but I'll tell you how many are named this. Uh, number four is Camoria. There are five of them. Number six or number five is Jamiracle. There are six Jamiracles in Alabama. Uh, number six is Malaysia. There are five of those. Number seven is Ariel, E-R-I-E-L. There are five of those. Number eight is Anna Grace, all one word. There are five of those. Number nine is Blakelyn, B-L-A-K-E-L-Y-N. There are five of those. Number 10 is Lakeland, L-A-K-E-L-Y-N-N. There are five of those. Number 11 is Kensley, K-E-N-Z-L-E-I-G-H. There are eight of those. What? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. All right. Uh, so of all the names on this list, to make if you give me pause, I don't know why that's the one that gave me pause. But. Number uh, number twelve is Auburn. There are six of those, which is thirteen point three percent of U.S. girls. Uh, number thirteen is Malia M A L E I A. There are six of those. Uh, number fourteen is Brantley. There are six of those, and number fifteen is Ansley A N N S L E Y. There are six of those. These are all girls that are born in 2012. Okay. Uh, boys' names, more likely found in Alabama than nationally. Number one is Jabraylen, J-A-B-R-A-Y-L-E-N. There are six of them, which is 50% of U.S. boys. Number two is Kendarius. There are nine of those, 39.1%. Number three is Crimson, correctly spelled. There are nine of those, 28.1%. Then... The remaining names, and I, I won't uh, give you the percentages, just the numbers. Collier, there are 14 of them, C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Uh, Jakari, J-A-K-H-A-R-I, six of those. That, that's number five. Number six is Jakori, J-A-K-O-R-I. There are six of those. Number seven is Jakaden, J-A-K-A-Y-D-E-N. There are seven of those. Number eight is Pasquale. <laughs> What? <laughs> hey, that's, that's random. That really <laughs> snuck in there. Is that a typo? <laughs> no. Pasquale. Like it's, Pasquale. Not Pas- it's not Joe Pasquale. <laughs> it's been the theme on the boys' side of this list is Ja and another name. Yeah. Jabralin, Jakari, Jakori, and Jakaden. Jabronis. Uh, there are six Pasquales. Uh, Number nine is Blakely. There are five Blakeleys. Number ten is Jacory, J-A-C-O-R-E-Y. There are ten of those. Number eleven is Hampton. There are eleven Hamptons. Number twelve is Kobe, K-O-B-I. There are five of those. Number thirteen is Crawford. There are six Crawfords as a first name. Number fourteen is Price. There are seven of those. And number 15 is Thompson. There are five first-name Thompsons that were born in Alabama in 2012. Pasquale is still the weirdest <laughs> That's baller, dude. What? Huh? <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> look, I, I don't think anyone's denying you the right to name your child whatever you would like. I think that it's just, you know, as our country is doing with pretty much everything – we are showing that we're, you know, very quick to judge. Yeah, I, I saw, I forget uh, w- exactly when I saw it, but uh, Jenny, who used to run I Don't Like You in That Way, uh, posted a, a name of the first baby born that was a screenshot from the news out there. And I think it was like so unique, so apostrophe unique, gemerical something. Oh, man. You know, um it, it, is there some sort of Mad Lib for naming kids that I'm just not aware of? <laughs> it's, it's really what it feels like. Yeah, and you know this this is not a race thing either. There are white people who come up with some completely dumbass names. There are people from all spectrums who just have no clue of how to name a kid. I, you know, I I, I don't. I would like to have kids in the future. I know that scares a lot of people hearing you say it, but that's fine. 
I don't know. I have no preference like, oh, if it were a boy, what would I name it? If it were, I have no idea. But I just would be trying to think of, all right, what would they not be made fun of for and what would still be something they might want to be named when they're about 20? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, could, if you could cover those two hurdles, you've gone a long way. Well, I don't think Jamiracal is going to be that one. You've gotten some ideas. You can name it, like, you know, if it's a boy, you can name it Pasquale Candarius. That actually would be an incredible name. It, it has, you know, Pasquale Candarius Barnes rolls right off the tongue. Um, you know, and I think that would be pretty special. And, you know, if it's a girl, you could name it like, uh, you know, Malaysia Kensley or uh, or Jamiracal Camoria Barnes. Yeah, imagine someone got drunk and, like, filled in the – or someone, you know, like, intoxicated father fills in the name – you know, as like Crimson Auburn or something. <laughs> that would just be fist fights at every family gathering forever. <laughs> Even worse, if uh, if you had like a an Alabama father and an Auburn mother, and the mother fills out the birth certificate and names the kid like War Eagle Johnson or something like that. That would be hilarious. The father would hate the kid for the rest of its life. Right. Disown the kid. You're going to need to move out. I need a divorce. So on and so forth. Yeah, that, I can see that happening, though. That's what's sad. My only hope is that one of those Pasquals grows up to be a uh, a stark white, redheaded individual. Yeah, a ginger. That would be perfect, actually. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be very good. But you know, I, names are getting more and more unique, and um, I guess Alabama is doing their part to uh, push that trend. No, no, actually, they're getting so unique. Oh, right. Of course. My bad. And uh, there's not really a more perfect way to end this program, such as it is. So <laughs> we'll let that be the, the final word you hear from us for episode 16 of Did That Make Air? It's been, I don't even know how to describe this program, but it's been an experience. I'll just leave it at that. Is that fair? Yes. Uh, well, I'll throw in all the technical difficulties at the beginning and just added more more uh, more fun to the experience, I guess you could you could say. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who are new to the program, if you want to send us your thoughts for the program, what we should say, whatever else, add to that make air on Twitter, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, assuming, of course, again, that everything works. And for Ed Barnes in sunny California, where he will likely post some weather app screenshots or something, I'm Brian Wilmer in, uh, in frozen ass South Carolina, wishing you a wonderful week. We'll see you back here next week, same time, same channel. Until then, be well. <laughs>